Hey, good morning, everybody. Um, had a pretty good week last week, Marine Corps birthday, Veterans Day. Um, thanks for everybody who sent notes out, and if you didn't send a note out, it doesn't matter. It's okay, too. Um, it's always an awkward, hard thing, right? Like, you know, um, Marine Corps birthday, everybody wants to... It used to be I wanted to go out and get party and get all souped up, dressed up go to the ball and hang out with the devil dogs and buddies and get slammed drunk and and that was cool tradition and chest beating and all that and then uh i don't know man i kind of drifted away from that we had a busy last week really emotionally busy draining i think um we had 15 year anniversary of fallujah a lot of people asked me why I wasn't going to that. It's like, yeah, I'm not interested. Not that I don't care about the people that were going or reconnecting with them, but I don't know. Just something about it. You know, just, I don't know. Just a bunch of whatever. It doesn't feel right. No no offense to anybody else. It just, it just doesn't feel right. And, you know, you got the Wrinkle birthday. And then Veterans Day a couple of days ago, two days ago. And uh, just it's it's kind of a it's hard it's a hard couple of days I think just lots of memories coming back and thinking about stuff and thinking about brothers and you know and it's not a a super morbid thing like thinking about guys that we lost of course but you know like just thinking about guys that you love that you haven't seen in a while and whatever you know just I usually just sit at home hunker down. Uh, just kind of get a little bit pensive, chill, no big deal. But um, anyways, yeah, a lot, lot goes, lot goes on in your mind, and it's fine. And then it's always awkward. I don't, it's awkward being around people. Oh, thanks for your service, and 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 it, it feels good. It's like yeah, hey, you're well, like what, you're welcome, or yeah, thank you. And it's just, it's just awkward and. For me, and it doesn't have to be. Maybe I just make it out to be more awkward than it is. Uh, so I just barricade in, man. It's fine. Uh, but a lot of cool, a lot of cool well wishes from people, and I really appreciate it. Appreciate the vets that are out there right now, or or the service members that are still are out there right now. It's every bit their holidays it is anybody else's. So, um. And then, then of course, like really preoccupied by this impeachment thing going on. Uh, I don't like it. It drives me nuts, but I can't not try to follow it and see what's going on. I'm torn, you know. And I don't, I don't want this to be some sort of political podcast because it's, it's not. I want to. I just feel like our country's getting ripped apart, divided. Peggy Noonan had an article, and Nicole sent me an article by Peggy Noonan. It was on um, Elijah Cummings' um, funeral day, and uh, it was just pretty cool. Really connected with it. And it's, when are we just gonna put a, put aside our blind loyalty to parties and start thinking and come back to center, man? Just ripping the country. It's almost like I wonder if it's deliberate polarize use the media to polarize the country into two 
fractures and just keep pulling them apart, man. That's how I feel, you know. And then I'm reading this thing from this Cal Berkeley professor. Are you serious? Like calling rural Americans scumbags and the problem and everything? Like, did anybody catch that? And it's like, really? San Francisco mayor or DA or whatever it is not prosecuting public indecencies and stuff like that anymore. I, I just I just don't understand what's going on, man. I don't understand what's going on with how any of this makes any sense. You know? Um anyways, uh really confusing times in in America for sure, let alone the world. But I mean I think they're always probably always confusing depending on your level of engagement but for some reason for me my life cycle it feels like these are especially confusing times at least to be an adult um can't even imagine how confusing it is to be a, a young adult or, or an adolescent you know but you just try to make the greatest sense of your own piece of the pie. Anyways, um, enough of that five-minute babble intro. Um, I was I was reached out by a guy I talked to from time to time on uh, Facebook, and he was asking me if I wanted to uh, what I thought about this and all this endurance stuff and doing these things that I do or people do. Do I feel that it's trying to fill a void or a hole going on and in my life is it is it to compensate for something I mean you look at the ultra endurance community and you see a lot of recovering addicts whether it's drugs or alcohol or getting out of um domestic violence and abuse uh relationships whatever whatever the case may be it just seems like it um it collects the endurance community collects a lot of these individuals that are struggling uh, or have struggled and i wonder what that is and i think i think there's a pure physiological thing right like when you do these ultra endurance like the runner's high your endorphins kick in and i don't know what what the what the onan is melatonin serotonin dopamine whatever whatever the feel good that gets released by your your generators there um i mean that's that that's a feedback loop right feedback mechanism i should probably have looked into that a little more i mean i've read it once before but which ones are which ones and uh man there was a guy simon Sinek, i think talked about it one of his ted talks about the um the, the five different key hormones that regulate mood or something it was pretty cool that shows my retention my head's just a mess but anyways so there's a physiological thing right like that we we go into those places i probably don't even have to be endurance it could be just going to the gym and being like a super muscle freak about the gym all the time i mean there's something about that physical activity that creates a, a feedback into you that feels good that makes you want to keep doing it right um to a degree but anyways did i retreat into an ultra endurance world to fill a hole probably right like talked about it before in the military and then you know experiences in alcohol and whatever whatever and that 
I was self-medicating with fitness. I really believe that, that I overindulged. Um, it started out well-intended and good and purposeful and fulfilling, and then I, I think I just took it to an extreme to a certain point. And, and then it became a problem, or it, it just it became like the, the beginnings of a potential problem. I, I don't know. I mean, I think we definitely can use it to fill a hole. Um, and I think it's extremely productive, but it's like everything that you take to an extreme, like, so to become a master at something, you, you know, mastery has to have passion and obsession, right? And then you just pour yourself into something and that's how you start to achieve mastery. And uh, you could argue that that is, is, is broaching an extreme, you know, to where, where does it become uh, on the other side of the line? I would say when it starts to have negative impacts in other facets of your life, right? Um, now, who's to say what's negative and what's positive? Well, I mean, if in the physical world, if the health markers start to decline because you're constantly working out or running and then you start to lose all kinds of weight and your bone density decreases and you're getting muscle aches and pains and you could say that you've taken that to an extreme and are you willing to pay that price? Now that would be a psychological conversation, but the physical question would could probably easily be measured. And then on the, I think the emotional and psychological piece, it's like where, hey, you can't if you can't function because you didn't go for a run today, you can't think straight or you're just off kilter because you didn't do your activity for the day you could say it's probably starting to become a problem or if you know um, it's having a negative effect on others your relationships with others and I mean that that, that becomes a value statement then because you could share a relationship with somebody that loves your endurance activity just as much as you do and then you could say that that passion and obsession is fulfilling you know so who's to say i think it's different for i think the physical side it's very easy to be able to measure and determine um and then when you put your yeah, everybody can have different thresholds for where they say hey enough is enough physically and i think it's just the emotional psychological pieces too too wishy-washy for for to like pinpoint but there just has to be at least it has to be a conversation i'm babbling trying to think like there's so many things like this in life like religion people take the religion to such an extreme and who's who's to say that oh you're an extreme like where where do we put where do we draw the line for what's extreme and what's not you know what i mean and my rule for extreme and my tolerances might be different than the next and so who do we who do we default to or how do we default to collectively saying hey you're at an extreme now it's an it's it's an expense um yeah it's 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 a curious conversation back to the back to the endurance piece i think it's good man for me you know other people maybe it's not uh, i pulled away from it a little bit because i started to be consumed i got other interests that i wanted to pursue and in order to compete for that limited resource called time, you know, one has to trade one in for the other. Um, I, I'm I'm a big big 
balance guy, man. Big balance guy. If you're having, if you're having, here's the, here's the trick. If you're starting to have this question of whether or not you're taking your your ultra endurance too far, that's the indicator right there. Right? It's good that you're having that conversation with you. But then if you start to like really question whether you're taking it too far, that's a probably a really good signal that says maybe you are. And then that, that would be a trigger for me to start inviting a deeper conversation. That's how I create these triggers, right? Um, it, it can, I think it can go with all kinds of stuff. Your work, when your work consumes you to the point, and, and it's not to say, it's not a... It's not a um, absolute sums gain type conversation where, oh, to take something to extreme is all negative. No, there's there's benefits. It's not to say that as you start to go down that continuum or that slider to the farther and farther right or farther and farther left that there's not good things that are still happening. It's whether you value those good things still more than you... Um, are, are paying the price for the negative things. There's a lot of, lot of, lot of consciousness has to, to go into these conversations, I think, for, for somebody to really... Uh, I mean, that's self-awareness, right? So when you start to go obsession, mastery, passion, and you start to do it and it consumes all of your time, yes, there are good things that are still happening. But to deny or to be ignorant of the negative things that are happening would be foolish, unwise, um, ignorant, unself-aware. Uh, so it's, it's, it's just trying to like, okay, hey, let's, let's absorb the whole picture and process. Let's take the good and the bad or the pros and the cons or whatever, the pluses, the minuses. And once the minuses start to outweigh the pluses, you could say, okay, hey, I've crossed the line. And that can be a very, very complex conversation because the your pluses might be somebody else's minuses uh, in a relationship, for example. You might be calling this a plus that has value X, right? And your partner could be saying, hey, I recognize that that's a plus, but it's not for value X, it's less than X. Or it could be like, hey, you call it a plus, but for me, it's more of a negative because it's taking you away from spending time and you're not doing responsibilities I need you to do at home with, with kids or whatever, whatever, and it's putting more burden on me. So for, for you, it's a plus. For me, it's a minus. You know, and so, I mean, it's not a very, it's very, um, complex like there's many different planes and levels and directions that you just got to kind of to go about but I think if you're having a conversation you're probably on the right track it's the person that does it blindly that it's got probably the most to potentially hurt or lose or cause um, cost to somebody and then and then that's where we just get into problems, like just not doing it. And you know what? Usually it's the person that's the most, it's it, it, back to conversations before, it's like the loudest, most aggressive, most confrontational, the most opinionated, the most staunch and stern, righteous person that 
and, and how they act and portray themselves that usually is the most ignorant. They're the least thought through, aware, um, lacking tolerance or appreciation or perspective from, from other different viewpoints and, and whatnot. I mean, that's that's a broad generalization, but I think it's more more true than just a stereotype. It's always it's always the ones that are just so convicted that usually have their minds closed the most. I used to be really uh, I used to be really against fence sitters because I don't want to be a fence sitter. I think fence sitters are just you just put them on the other side, you just make them their enemy. Period. I mean they're it's it's worse than an enemy because you don't know. One minute they're with you, one minute the next minute they're against you, right? Like I used to I used to have these really strong opinions about fence sitters, and I still do. But I think there's a lot of value spending time on the fence in thought in order to be able to better pick what side you want. And when you pick a side, it doesn't mean that you have to have total absence of respect and appreciation for the other side. You can disagree, um, but like that, that, that's how we open up room for tolerance. And then back, I mean, geez, how did I get back to our government again all of a sudden, which is not what I wanted to do. But So for Andy, Andy asked me about like, hey, this endurance stuff, what do you think? Like, why do you do it? Does it fill a hole or does it actually make your hole deeper? Like, you know, you get out on these runs and what am I searching for? What am I running for? What am I running from? Or what am I doing these activities? I mean, I do it to feel alive. I do it to feel good, challenged. It's changed. I think I, I think I've, I used to seek it, always trying to do something more. And if you're always trying to do something more, it's it's cute when you're talking about mountains, right? Oh, I'm going to climb a mountain. Well, I'm going to climb a bigger mountain. I'm going to climb a bigger one and a bigger one and a bigger one. Pretty soon you've got the biggest mountain and you're done. So then what's next? But when you start talking about time or distance, that changes. That changes things. Because, like, well, what is the limit? Well, why are you constantly looking to seek your limits? And when does... When does uh, the need to find your limit start to reverse and go back the other way? You know what I mean? Like, so always seeking, where's my next limit? Where's my next limit? Where's my credibility? Where's this? Well, I want to know where my breaking point is so that if I'm ever tested, when, when, do you got, when do you get to the point where that's just bullshit? Because the reality is you're probably never going to be tested that way to that extreme. And so when can you start backing off now that you found your limits and then start honing uh, capabilities at a, at a lesser limit? Increasing proficiency at a lesser limit. I mean, that's a cool conversation. Instead of always trying to push your limits. I mean, maybe that's why I don't ever... That was my mindset for signing up for events. I'm not out there to win it. I'm not, gonna, I'm not training to try to win something or be on a podium. could care less. I just want to do it. I'm competing against the course... I'm competing against myself. And so that conversation would be one that's always trying to find the limits instead to instead of master a specific limit or threshold. 
And that's interesting. And what is it? Is it lack of commitment, lack of interest, lack of desire to put forth effort? Because you could argue, oh, that's cute, Tosh. Like, do 250, now go f- go to 500 miles, whatever. Like, that's neat. But wh- why why do that? Is it is it because it's easier than to commit to trying to do better at 200 or better at 100 or better at 50? And I think there's value to that argument, maybe, you know. But we just all go... We all just pick our interests, man, and then respect each other's interests. So I don't know if this made any sense, Andy, man, but does it fill a hole or make it deeper? It can do both. If you're not having the conversation, you find yourself in a hole deeper than you expected. Like, oh, shit, how'd I get here? Because you're not having the, not having a conversation with yourself. So anyways, I was thinking about that while I was in the tree stand for the last couple of days. Um, not the not the greatest. I don't feel like that was the greatest of podcasts. I don't I don't know. Not everyone has to be the greatest, I guess. So, all right, man. Hope you guys have a good week. Thanks for listening, and um, just continue on, continuing on. All right.